Praise the Lamb. Praise the Lamb of God. Would you take your Bibles with me and go to Numbers, the 13th chapter? Numbers, the 13th chapter this morning. Amen. Can you hear me okay? Numbers 13 today. How many have heard about the, is it Asbury? Asbury? Asbury University? Anybody heard about what's happening this week down there? Just a normal chapel service. The Spirit of God is moving on that Baptist campus. The students haven't left there. They're still there as far as I know. At least they were as of yesterday. But I, I hadn't even heard of this university. But I, I got to look in and found out that this has happened on a few occasions. 1800s, 19, or 1900s. But the, one of the greatest events that happened was in 1970. In 1970, the Spirit moved, and as a result of that, the word began to spread because people were hungry for a move of God. And 200 campuses were reached with the same spirit of revival. Now, if you're a student of revival or you listen to the spirit of God, you, you understand there's trigger points. Trigger points. In, and, and you watch for those trigger points. And you see when God starts moving in an area, his desire is to do that again. And so I'm, I'm, we've been praying for God to send a revival. We're going to believe that God is going to continue revival and that the Lord's up to something. Amen? We've talked about Gideon and understand that, you know, God, God gets us to a weakened place in ourselves so that we can start trusting in the Lord. Now today we're going we're gonna to look here as wilderness to wonderment, and I'm going to, how do I want to start this Holy Spirit? How about with prayer? Father, we just come before you, ask Holy Spirit that you will guide us, Lord Jesus, be glorified in all that we do today. Lord, I pray that those words that you spoke to me this morning as I rolled out of bed today, Lord God, that it will echo and reverberate in the hearts of those that are here, because Father, I know that you are speaking, and that Lord, there is victory, Lord, in this house, and Lord, we praise you, we love you, and we magnify you, Lord, right now. As you look into the Word of God, we're going to start in Numbers 13. Numbers 13. And the Lord just reminded me of a revelation this week. How that in John 3.16, you know the verse. If you don't, I, I encourage you to, to look it up and to discover. That God so loved the world, that would be you, that his gave his, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would have eternal life have eternal life and then Jesus defines eternal life in John 17 I want to just share that with you this morning as I was jotting this down John 17 and 3 and this listen to me and this is eternal life some of you may say well eternal life is just not dying but this, you know, is living forever. But this is eternal life, that we may know you, the only true God, and 
Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What is eternal life? It's relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Salvation, as we've been talking about wilderness to wonderment, going from uh, the hostility of a wilderness area into an awestruck, wondrous glory of God. How many know that God's not intending for you and I to live in a state of bewilderment, bewilderness in our mind, in our actions, in our behavior? But God's desire is that we have relationship with him and have such a relationship that it is more abundant. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundant. Now, what we need to understand, there's only one offer on the table that the Lord offers you and I, and that is eternal life. It has a, a life of knowing a relationship with God where it has a beginning and it has no end. It's a re I'm, I'm going to have to say that again. This eternal relationship of knowing God, eternal life, it has a beginning and it has no end. There is no stopping it. I may step out of this life. It may be via the rapture or it could be via the grave. But nonetheless, death is the doorway to eternity and I will never cease to exist. I will just exist on one realm or the other. But if I'm in relationship, see, salvation is never intended to be behavioral modification. It is relational transformation. And if you don't have a joy in walking with God, let me ask you to do a checkup. We used to say from the neck up, but maybe you need a checkup in your heart. Have you truly experienced a relationship with the living God? And if it's convenient for you not to be in the presence of God, then you need to ask yourself, am I really in a relationship? I can't get enough of that woman over there. I, I just, the more I'm with her, the more I want to be with her. Why? Because I love her and I'm in a relationship with her. In case you were wondering who this pint-sized individual is beside her, that's my little sister. You're so welcome. <laughs> hey, I have the right to pick on her. She's my little sister. <laughs> There's nobody gets me laughing quicker than she does. <laughs> she gets, <laughs> stop it. So, we have laughed in restaurants and rolled in the floor. It's been so, nobody understood, but she understands. So, glad to see my sister today. I want you to look in numbers. Numbers. Numbers this morning. See, God's always had a, had a plan. The Lord's going to let me expound upon that plan even more so, but I'm just, just give you little tidbits of that plan. The, the plan started in the garden. Adam and Eve, he told them to, to go and expand Eden. Uh, go and, and multiply and fill the, fill the entirety of the earth. But see, Eden was not just a habitation of Adam and Eve, of man, it was God's abode on earth. It's where the Lord met them, and because of the distortion and the lies and the, the reception of, I want to do it my way, instead of choosing God's way, there was an expulsion of humanity from that, 
that place. But the Lord didn't give up on the plan. Even after the flood, he tells Noah, he said, Noah, now what, this is what I want you to do. Go multiply and fill the face of the earth. In other words, go start expanding Eden again. Go start expanding the abode of God. He tells uh, Jacob of everything. This is the promise. You can look it up in scriptures. Go and multiply and expand. In fact, Jacob, out of you, I'm going to bring kings and nations, was the word the Lord says. And I want you to keep extending the boundaries of the occupation of God on earth. Because he was pointing to a day where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would come, Jesus Christ, and his kingdom would now further through the heart of the church. And what is our job? Continue to allow the occupation of God in every nation, in every generation. It hasn't changed. So as we look at this, the plan has always been the same. But I want you to look here in Numbers 13 because Israel have come out of bondage. Israel has come out of bondage. There were 70 in the family of Israel. And now there are millions that are coming out of bondage. There were 70 nations, some say 72, that rebelled in Genesis 10. The Lord's got an answer to that rebellious nation. He created, called Israel through Abraham out of that. And now he's got Israel, it's there. And they, the incubation of that nation, can I use that language? Has, has come to fullness now and it's time to depart. But we're not departing until we start doing some havoc on the gods of that world. There's, there's going to be some, there's going to be some havoc uh, can I put it in everyday term? And yeah, it's just one that I, I picked up and I kind of like it though. Let's throat punch the devil a few times, okay? Let's stomp his head a little bit. Let's, let's cold cock him. Let's, let's, uh, let's just knock him on his face. And let's go ahead and challenge every God that is there, every deity that is there, just to prove to them that the God of Jeho Jehovah God is greater than any other God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bring that nation out through the blood of the Lamb. We know who the blood of the Lamb is. We know that as John being the greatest, he's the greatest because he was the one that actually saw the fulfillment of all the sacrifices and the Levitical law. He saw the one who truly has the ability to take away the sins of the world. Why is he the greatest? Because he was the one who was able to declare, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My God in heaven. But now we're going to bring them out, and we're going to bring them out by great deliverance. We're going to part the Red Sea, and when they're going to go through on dry ground, and when they get over to on the other side on dry ground, the enemy's going to try to come through, but I'm going to close the door on them, and it's going to devour them. And now all their weapons, I can't prove this by the scriptures, it's just my own understanding. Where did Israel get their weapons? I believe the weapons came as the, as the soldiers of the Egyptian army were washed away. They found them as their bodies and their swords begin to wash upon the shore. I don't know. It's just my theme. It's just my theory. But see, there was another parting. And that parting was in the wilderness. God set forth the laws because they're going into a place where there's a lot of, there's a lot of deities that want to oppress humanity. And you've got to know the God you're serving. 
So he, he's, he's showing them in the wilderness. He brings them and gives them the, the Torah instruction. The, the gods of this world say, do it this way. But that, I'm not the god of this world. I'm the god of all the worlds. I'm the king of kings and the lord of lords. And so there's a, in the wilderness, there's a separating. There's a, there's a teaching. And we're going to part the Jordan and we're going to step over. And they are, they are meant to always be walking and living in that, in that dividing and separating of, the, of the, what is wrong and who is right. Amen? But see, along the way, they got bewildered. They got bewildered in their mind. They got bewildered in their understanding. They got bewildered in the, in the place uh, of, of Egypt. And so I'm going to expedite this a little bit. I'm going to read here. I want you to look. Time's sake may not allow us, but let's, let's just, I'm going to read fast. Keep up fast, okay? <clears throat> because I want you to get it. I want you to understand that God didn't change his plan because the circumstance wasn't what I expected. God didn't change the plan because of the doctor's report. God didn't change the plan because of the because of such and such and so and so. God didn't change the plan. It, it is still the, it's still the same plan, and that's God with you, the hope of glory. Now look there in verse 25. There, there is 12 spies, one from each tribe. They're going into the place of promise. They're going to check it out. They're going to see if it's everything that God said it was going to be and get, devise a plan. Well, they come back with not such good news. And they returned, in verse 25, spying out the land after 40 days, and they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. This is the fruit of the land. And they, they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people dwell in the land are strong. Cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the sons of Anak, the, the Nephilim, they saw there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites uh, that dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and come from the giants, and we are like grasshoppers, insects, in, notice this, in our own sight. And we, so we were in their sight. We're grasshoppers in our sight, and now we have given power to the enemy to see us the same way we see ourselves. So all the congregation lifted up their voices, cried, and the people wept that night. All the children of Israel complained. No, they wouldn't do that. Against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said, if only we died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. So 
They wanted to die in Egypt or they die in the wilderness, but they don't want to die in the promised land. Sounds like cognitive dissonance, don't you? It's just like, what's the worst case? You're going to die? You're going to die? Come on, you're going to die anyway. Look, why has the Lord brought us to the land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return? Oh, yeah, that's so much better. Let's go back to the devil. Let's go back to the bondage. Let's go back to running needles in our arms. Uh, let's go ahead and spend all of our money on the drugs that, are, uh, that we're bringing in. Come on, let's go ahead and drown our so Come on, folks. Uh, wouldn't it be so much better to go back to the abusive lifestyle that we came out of? Wouldn't it be so much better to snort our way into joy? No. No, sir. And they said to one another, let us select a leader. Oh, now they're getting in trouble. Return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly and the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, notice this, son of Nun and Caleb, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes. It's an it's a, it's a expression of grief when you rip your clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel. The land we spied out, the, passed through to spy out is an exceeding good land. But the Lord delights and we will bring us into the land to give it to us. Land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land for they are bread. It's time to eat, folks. Their protection has departed from us, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. <laughs> okay. Here we have it. God's had a plan from the beginning when he brought man into existence. He laid it all out according to his desire. Because of man's choice, that plan was diverted. And so now we're, we're converting that into another, we're, we're moving the plan. So now the plan is going to raise up a nation that's going to bring forth, a, be a covenant people that's going to bring forth the Son of God, who, who Emmanuel, God with us, that God himself is going to become human. And, and through that, he's going to bring us in black into divine counsel. He's going to, he's going to resurrect from the dead and bring us back uh, into, that, into that place we should have been from the beginning. And so he hasn't averted from the plan. And so he goes, to the, he goes and delivers them out of Egypt by a great deliverance only to bring them to the place. But now they're looking at the situation. And see, there's been a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift paradigm shift is is when you when there's been a a mode of foundational operations that have changed into something entirely different so we go from Moses goes and he casts down the rod and it turns into a serpent and then he picks it up again and now Moses waves the rod and Over and over again, Moses is going and talking to Pharaoh. Moses is, is one there interceding. He goes up to the mountain and receives the word. And here's Moses, and he lifts the rod, 
as the people are crying out over the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts. We see Moses and Moses and Moses and Moses doing the work. Moses is doing the work. Now, Moses is doing all the work, but now there is a paradigm shift. Moses is not going to be doing the work anymore. Now you go into the place of promise, and you take the experiences that you had, and you take the voice that was spoken from the mountaintop, and you go in, and you defeat the giants that are in your place of promise. You are getting loud with your shouts. Kind of laced with the, ooh, I don't like this. I'd rather somebody else do it. See, the level of victory you walk in is not dependent upon someone else. How do I know that? Because no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And so your level of victory is what you have chosen. But see, go back to what I started with today. See, it's that relationship that God wants from you and I. And see, the only appropriate response to God that really pleases him is faith. It's not a, a long list of, of ticking the boxes of what I've done or haven't done or do I deserve this or I don't deserve this. I, I just I, I pray to God that he could get us out of the deserving uh, uh, camp and just get over into the grace camp and just say, Lord, I'm just going to walk in the grace that empowers me to do your will. Lord, I just want grace. I want grace that is initiated by faith. And it was grace that delivered me out of the bondage that I, came, that I was in because I reached a hand to the Savior who rescued me out of a place that I couldn't get myself out of. And I obey him because I love him. Trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. But what we see here, and this is the word that the Lord spoke to me. See, because we, we see here, the Lord's not changed the plan. He knew the giants would be there before they got there. Because the annihilation of those giants, that's, that's part of the plan. <laughs> is the destroying and driving out the, those, those creatures that are there and destroying them out of, the, out of the nations to bring forth a habitation of God. Do you understand that it was purposeful that God created a tabernacle in the garden, then he created a temple in the city of Jerusalem to show you and I that Paul says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That God's intent is still to live inside of you. That the will of God is to take up residence inside of here and have relationship with you so that when you do face the giants, you're not facing them alone. When you do walk into the dark, you understand there's a light inside of here. When you do face, face the suffering and the difficulties, no matter what the circumstance tells you, you understand that God will not leave me nor forsake me. I am with the Lord. And the Lord is with me. So this paradigm shift caused a response from Israel. Yeah, going from Moses doing it to me doing it. 
yeah, I got a better plan. Let's kill Moses and go back to Egypt. Come on, it's in the text. Let's, let's get us a leader. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and kill the, the, the prophet, the, and let's go on back to Egypt. Hmm? Kill the man with a stick. Let's beat him to death with his own stick. I don't know what means or measures, but anyway. The greatest challenge I personally have ever faced and I venture to guess the greatest challenge you have ever faced is willingness to believe what God believes about me. Willingness to believe what God believes about me is the greatest challenge any one of us will ever face. It wasn't the giants that kept Israel out of promises. It wasn't the walled cities or the chariots or the armies, none of that. They empowered the enemy by believing something that was not true according to God's estimation of who he called them to be. See, the Lord's plans haven't changed. It's the, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Did we get an early start this morning? Man, it's only 947. I've got all kind of time, amen? But this was what the Lord woke me up with this morning. First off, I had to figure out what day it was. Anybody have those days? It's like, Sunday, am I ready? <laughs> I said, Lord, getting to roll out of bed, I'm thinking about a few things. And the Lord said this to me, to say to you, the area of your greatest struggle will be the area of your greatest victory. The area of your greatest struggle will be the area of your greatest victory and breakthrough in God. But see, in order for this to transpire, we can understand, I understand. I understand when the circumstance is trying to galvanize the thoughts in your mind that you're an insect. That the thoughts in your mind are, this is happening because of something, uh, some occurrence of my goodness uh, or the lack of my goodness. It was the unworthiness uh, that is causing this to happen. And so there's a, there's a pounding, there's a, there's a, there's a galvanizing. Uh, the enemy's attempt is to galvanize unbelief inside of your heart that you continue to focus on the situation you're in and the circumstance that you're in to say to you, you're not ever coming out of there. There is no results taking place. It is all a farce. It is all just fairy tale. If God will do it for others, but he won't do it for you. And that's where we say, look, I'm taking the score sheet and throwing it away. 
And I'm reaching out by faith and saying, God, I'm just going to believe that, Lord God, this is eternal life. That, Lord God, my faith in you when I don't see, Lord God, a breakthrough, this faith in you, Lord God, is what you're looking for in me. Because you're a God of faith. You're a God of faith. And this present suffering will not compare to the glory which shall be revealed in you. This is my little sister. She and I grew up in the same house. She can verify the things I'm telling you today or the things that I have told you. Childhood was a thing that you spent the rest of your life trying to get over. This circumstance was created in order to tear down the trust that we should have in God. The circumstance was formulated through a demonic counsel to stop the seed of God's word going forth out of our life. But what the enemy thought he would destroy with, with suffering, God said, you know, to the measure you'll trust me, son, we'll, we'll take this and do something with it. God, I, I thought you were going to do something... I thought you wanted my good stuff. Tim, you're a good-looking man. But it's not your good looks that God's after. Amen? Amen. It's, it's the fact that he's going to work a work in us, Tommy. He's going to do something that is going to astound us and it's going to astound the enemy. And you, you grow up in a broken home, and it doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you're not going to trip up. It doesn't mean that you're, 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 your relationships are all going to be what they should be. But let me say to you, you have a greater chance of living in victory with God than you do without. Amen? And so uh, you you got a greater chance of going after the Lord and letting him define who you are and what you'll do. And, and, and he will elevate you, not in a sense of arrogance, but in a sense of confidence, not what you have done, but what he has already done. And he's going to take you from being an insect, mindset mentality, to say, wait a minute, maybe I can do this. Maybe, Lord God, is not a respecter of person. Maybe what he did for one, he did for all. And it's just, just not just the Moseses. It's not just the Pauls. It's not just the Peters. But maybe God's got something for me. So he takes the suffering. See, there's, there's ministry being birthed right now. And you are in the midst of the birthing pains of that ministry. You are right now in the midst of the struggle. And you are in the midst of a place where you're hard. You're just the contractions are taking place. And the more intense the contraction, the closer you are to delivery. Some of you are like, I can't take this anymore. Where's my epidural? Worst thing ever happened to me was a tooth pull. Not even compared to the birth pain. <laughs> My wife had a contraction, giving birth to one of our children. 
She finally let up. My hand came back to, you know. I said, how are you, babe? She said, I just tasted eternity. <laughs> Sometimes in those birth pains, it feels that way. But what I want to say to you today is please just keep leaning on God. Because that wilderness is going to transform. Lord, I know it's only 10 o'clock, but I, I feel like we need to step into the altar today because some of you are going through it. Some of you have had a long season of going through it. I tell you, as a pastor and under shepherd under the Lord, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. To see the pain that you have to endure. And I've been asking God, I said, Lord, we need some wins in the house. We need some victory. And give. And Lord, you said in your word, you said in your word, Father, that hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart, Lord. Some of you in this place today, you just need hope to reach out and grab hold of. To say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get to the other side. I'm going to, I'm, God, you're going to give me the spirit of Caleb and you're going to give me the spirit of, of Joshua, but I'm getting to the other side. I'm not going to abandon or abort this baby, Lord God. I'm going after it. I'm going after that ministry. I'm going after that call. I am not, Lord God, going to let go because I'm too close. I want you to stand all across this building today. I want the worship team that are able to come right now. And I want you to begin to begin to sing a song of victory. If you're in this house and you say, man, I've been going through it. I'm not going to ask you what you've been going through. I'm not going to quiz you on what you're going through. I just want to lay hands upon your head and I'm going to pray release of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray release of the anointing of God to break yokes, to cause eyes to open, to cause you to begin to understand who you are in God and that God would enable you by faith to stop seeing yourself as an insect and start seeing yourself as a giant killing machine. Would you see that giant of fear and frustration and suffering and grief setting in front of you? Say, man, you start licking your chops because you know the defense has dropped. And you're like, it's time to eat. And you eat up enough giants, they'll quit knocking on your door. There might be bigger ones along the way. What does that mean? It means a buffet. Amen? I love buffets. I love buffets when my external conscience is not with me. You heard of external hard drives? I got an external conscience when it comes to my diet. Somebody's got to do it. And just for the record, I dress myself today. Thank you. Thank you. Let's stay over here. Special blessing on this group right here. It's good to laugh, isn't it?
Come on, just come and lift your hands and say, Lord, I just surrender. I, I believe there's multiple people right now. Come on, this altar's open. Just come and lift your hands and say, God, I, I surrender this struggle, Lord God. Birth that ministry out of me. Birth, Lord God, that relationship. Birth that, that calling, Lord God. Bring that breakthrough right now. Come on. Come on, you've been going through it, and you've been wondering if God really really knows where you're at. He knows exactly where you're at. Come on, come on, come on. There's more. There's, oh, there's a multitude of people. We got time. We got time. Come on. Come on, kick